Hi, and welcome to Everything Geek, episode 21. And, uh, well, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on right now, and let me introduce the lineup before we get into our things. And from the West Coast, we have uh, Justin Cavender from geeklegacy.com. Great website. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> and from the middle of the country, we have Tim Byers from hopefully sunny Denver, Colorado. Not sunny today, but it's it's you know it's it's warmer. Hey guys. <laughs> yeah, and Tim is with uh, the Full Bleed uh, .net, and we're also welcoming today uh, Rod uh, from the Seventh Matrix. Hey. Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, Rod, welcome. So he's going to be joining our episode today because we have uh, a big announcement. Uh, one of the things if you've been following our Twitter feeds and all. Uh, we launched the Geek Initiative on Monday, Star Wars Day. So um, hopefully the Force will be with us with this venture, but we're pretty excited about it, and we'll go into it. And actually, one of the things that will explain what the Geek Initiative is, but I want to talk about Rod a little bit since he's new here, and just kind of tell the folks a little bit about uh, your very, very cool website. Oh, thanks a lot, Tony. Um, well, again, my name is Rod Faulkner, and I'm the founder of the website, TheSeventhMatrix.com. And what we do is we specialize in promoting science fiction and related genres, web series, and online short films. So if it's a web series or if it's an online short film and it has anything to do with science fiction, steampunk, horror, epic fantasy, what have you, then we'll feature it on our site. And you can visit us at the7thmatrix.com. I actually have it up on the screen for people to see, and it is a very, very cool site. You can also subscribe to their newsletter there when you first log in, and also you can follow them on social media and stuff like that. So we all kind of got together. It was a pretty no-brainer that we wanted to... Uh, uh, oh, I see. It didn't actually go up on the screen, so let me do that first here. So let me present it to everyone here. So this is the seventh matrix here. Right. That's our welcome screen. Yeah, that's uh, that's the first page, and there is really a wealth of information on web series. Uh, you know, I, there's definitely some I want to check out and look at a little bit uh, because uh, you know, and there's you can also watch episodes on here. It's just a great source to uh, to visit, and you know, and there's news about web series uh, on here as well. Uh, you know, ev everything. It's just really amazing. Um, yeah, the, I, this one looks interesting. Mercury Man. I, that looks really neat. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's one of uh, my favorite ones that I've discovered recently. The Mercury Man, and actually, it has kind of an unusual history because it was on the Sci-Fi Channel Right, it was. Um, about, I think, three or four years ago, kind of as an exclusive, and then the creators took it down, and there was talk of it debuting on Netflix, but that never materialized. But fortunately, several weeks ago, they uploaded all the episodes for free on YouTube. So it's a um, fantastic series. It's, it pays homage to those classic serial science fiction shows like Flash Gordon, um, and also, there's another bit of that's yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a definitely a little bit of that, Justin, and a little bit of uh, Buck Rogers. It's shot in black and white. It's gorgeous, and it's set in 1975. Just to give everyone a brief synopsis, 
and it focuses on this uh, kind of middle management office drone. He's working the late shift. He's getting ready to get off and go home. And all of a sudden, his office building is besieged by the Mercury men. And these are aliens that are made of light that is so dense, they're solid. And wow. he's trying to figure out what they want, what their plans are. And, of course, he teams up with this Indiana Jones-type uh, engineer guy. And together, throughout the web series, they are trying to determine what the Mercury men want, which, of course, it isn't good, and how they can thwart their plan. So it's definitely a beautifully shot web series. Um, it's just um, a real thrill ride. And, and I recommend anyone that is a fan of those classic serials, Buck Rogers, uh, Indiana Jones, definitely give them a check out. So it's the Mercury men, and you can find that on the seventhmatrix.com as well. Yeah, that's a great it's a great site, and I, I highly recommend it. Uh, you know, I, I everybody if you're into web entertainment, and this new alternative that we have, it, it's uh, it's just it's just a great place to really get some good information on there. Uh, so, welcome, and uh, so thanks for having me. It's our pleasure, and so what is the Geek Initiative? <laughs> so uh, essentially, um, we all work together at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, this past uh, year, and it was really the first time we all kind of teamed up. And uh, I just thought it would be cool to make it something a little bit more permanent. And it's the Geek Initiative. Uh, in a nutshell, it's kind of like the Avengers, where we all come together and really do something special, but we also have our own thing going on as well. So uh, it's eventually uh, we'll be doing, uh, you know, cross. Uh, Cross content, and also we'll be also doing uh, advertising campaigns that'll benefit all of us. And to launch things off, uh, let me also do the screen share here. Uh, okay, we'll go back to Rod for a second. But in the, to launch things off, we have the uh, Geek Initiative uh, at ConnectPal.com, and this is actually a premium site and. What we are featuring there is our content all combined in one place. It'll have podcasts, videos, and also in PDF forms, some of the interviews we've had. Uh, great stuff already, um, and I'll let the guys talk about it a little bit uh, more about their stuff. Uh, I, I just posted all of my uh, Walking Dead transcripts from and podcast interviews from San Diego Comic-Con and also my Tribeca Film Festival uh, pictures as well. So, uh, so Justin, talk about um, what you guys have on there on, on the Geek Initiative uh, premium site. Absolutely. Um, we, a while ago, we had a crazy nerd off as to which Indiana Jones film was the best, and uh, <laughs> I thought that was a great idea to include that. And even as horrible as the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was, Amanda <laughs> made some pretty solid arguments to make it sound like it's a great movie on paper. No, <laughs> I was, no way. I was no blown away. Yeah, I, was like, I was like I was like, wow, maybe I need to watch it again because <laughs> I don't remember it being as good as this paper says it is. That's oh, witchcraft. Man. No way. That's yeah, witchcraft, yeah. man. That does. I, that's that's funny business to me. I know it was hocus Hollywood hocus pocus, and uh, <laughs> I actually had the Last Crusade, so it was easy for me because I genuinely believe that that is the best one out of all of them. I agree. And, we agree. The and, Last Crusade. Yeah, yes. I loved it. 
Loved oh, it. Man. Loved no, it. no way. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> That's a Randy thing. I, I think that movie is a total snooze fest. I can't stand it. Oh, you're kidding me. No, no, I wouldn't say that. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I like Raiders. The Crusade was very good. Sean Connery and uh, and Harrison Ford together, that was, that was pretty cool. There's too many great scenes. There's too many great, well-done, well-timed comedic scenes in The Last Crusade. Yeah. See, I mean, it just puts it over the top. There's it so does. many good ones. And it's not even cheesy. It's just awesome. That's no, it's just awesome. You know, like when he comes to the door, when he comes to the door or the window, and he's like, and he starts beating the hell out of him. Right. And, uh, and he's like, "What are you, Dad? Stop it! It's me!" And he's like, "Oh, I thought you were a Nazi." He's like, "Nazis use the front door." Hey. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and don't forget the tapestries. The tapestries. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that maybe yeah, I mean, he punches him out, you know. He he socks the indie socks him, and he falls out of the out of the zeppelin. And he turns around in the crowd, he's like, "No ticket!" <laughs> Everybody starts pulling their tickets out. He's got so many great little scenes like that. It's it's perfect. It's yeah. a classic. And when he shoots his own plane, he's like, uh, "Sorry, son, but they got us." <laughs> yeah, good right. uh, so that's one of the things that's on there. Uh, we're going to be pumping out a lot of individual uh, podcasts specifically for uh, the Geek Initiative. Uh, Dave, Randy, and I have the craziest conversations, and we decided that we're just going to start recording them so everyone can be a part of them. Uh, anyone that listens to the Geek Legacy podcast knows that Randy throws out a crazy list for us each week. Yeah. And um, people that subscribe to the show can submit their own list that will be happy to to read on the show, or you can even come on the show and read your own list, and we can either, you know, we'll give some, well, Dave can always defend your list if you want, so you don't have to worry about being berated on how horrible your list is. If it's a top 10, top 5, whatever, we're happy to give you a platform to, to share your opinion. Uh, this is all about our subscribers, and we want to make it that way. We want to tailor our shows to you guys, so whatever it is that you want, we will do. If you want Randy to dance like a little monkey, we'll make him dance like a monkey. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. Like it. All right, Tim. Uh, Tim, you actually, uh, it actually segues into one of the things we're going to talk about is the Marvel and DC scorecards. That's all. That's also in the Geek Initiative uh, on, on ConnectPal. Right. Yeah, I uploaded both spreadsheets. So I keep a public version of the... Uh, of both the Marvel and DC movie report, and that has some basic data. Like I put the uh, box office profitability up there, so I'm like I'm actively tracking Age of Ultron. And this week, in fact, it, it will be box office profitable. There's there's almost it will be yeah. astonishing if it is not by Friday yeah. before the weekend hits. Coming mm -hmm. into the week, it was just it was like negative 4.26 percent, something like that. Uh, wow. just, I mean, it was really close. It's like just another 26 million, and then that's it. Box office break even. So it's wow. been a huge success, even though it missed initial estimates. But for the subscribers that go into the Geek Initiative, the there is other stuff there, including the breakdown. So for example, if you want to see how Fox movies have done, it's not available on the public site. But if you want to see how Fox has performed as a percentage of the entire Marvel movie universe ever. I have that in there for subscribers. I have, you know, all of the franchise breakdowns. I have uh, the studios. So, like for example, there's, you know, bit of bit of trivia. Uh, there is a Marvel film. 
that was in fact distributed by Warner Brothers. And so if you want to, wow. yeah, I pretty pretty surprising, wow. right? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, there is one. So go look at the spreadsheet and you'll see which one it is. Uh, or hit me up. I mean, the you know, if 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 you twist my arm on Twitter and you make me tell you, then I probably will tell you. And, and you know, I, I I'll I'll let that loose. But uh, it's stuff like that that is uh, available to subscribers. So the subscribers get the unfettered access to everything. Uh, but there is a, like a a public teaser. In addition to that, like I want to do other you know subscriber exclusives. So I've got. My YouTube channel, and I'll be doing uh, YouTube videos that are subscriber only. Uh, and, and ones that do go public, I'll do subscriber early access. And uh, you know, the, I get, I'm sure like you guys too, I often get a lot of questions about the, the studios or the publishers and what's going on. And so I'll probably be doing some, some custom hangouts uh, just to take questions from members. Um, you know, and uh, one of the things we do at the Full Bleed is uh, offer some tips. So I have something that's just business oriented, uh, you know, like tracking Age of Ultron. But then just recently I did a little piece on Comixology Submit and how to use yeah. that new Refer a Friend program to get, you know, to offer a 50% discount if you're making right. an indie comic. You know, just like a little twist, all you have to do is create a $10 bundle and you can start selling your indie comic, and Comixology will pay for you to sell it at half off, and you still get all your money. So awesome. stuff like that. Like I'm trying to help some indie creators with tips like that. So uh, when we do hangouts, we'll 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 try to you know answer some of those questions and give some insights. But yeah, um, what Justin said. You know, it's all about the members. So if there's anything requests, I will take them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we also. Uh, we we just got confirmation on all our badges for Comic Con 2015 in San Diego, so we'll be out there covering it again, as we did last year together, and we'll even try to put some uh, some bonus content, uh, you know, only available on video. To uh, I'll have a thanks to Geek Legacy, I'll have a cameraman with me this entire time, so uh, I, I will probably be doing things with him and uh, a lot of that and then also have uh, him kind of shoot things on his own too a little bit I'm not going to wear him out but you know we'll 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 coordinate no, you it say that now you say yeah. that now <laughs> <laughs> promises promises uh, so anyway let me actually take you guys inside uh, so our audience that uh, can has video uh, and actually can see what the site this is what it looks like when you're inside the Geek Initiative, it's only $1.99 a month. So, I mean, it's hardly very expensive, and it's really good value. Here are the the PDFs of my Walking Dead. Uh, this this you would only see as you uh, as you log into the account. And here is uh, a bitten transcript, another one from Tom York of Olympus. And here is Tim's stuff, the DC Movie Report and the Marvel Movie Report. And uh, those are just there for subscribers. And then in addition, uh, there's also the Geek Legacy stuff. Here's all the Indiana Jones stuff, including the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And also there are Tim's commentaries, Comixology Submit, Supergirl, Can She Coexist with the Arrow and Flash, and Commerce and Cosplay. Uh, really good commentaries from Tim that are available as podcasts. You can actually download them 
uh, as well and, and keep them. And I have, here are my Walking Dead podcast, all of my Walking Dead sessions, including uh, two bonus episodes of Journey of the Dead, which has interviews from all the season, including the first one. And it has people like Michonne, the governor, and the actors that play them. It's really good stuff. And also Everything Geek will be there as well. And here is uh, episode 20 is available. And there's also other vintage podcasts like Leonard Nimoy and James Doohan. And here is pictures I have from uh, Tribeca Film Festival. Here just uh, it pops up. Here's Christian Slater uh, from uh, the new series Mr. Robot. So there's a lot of good stuff. And the good thing is we'll be adding not only content but other blogs to the initiative as we as we move along. And while we're kind of on this, we, there's also now a podcast feed. We're on podcast.com. And the cool thing about it is all our podcasts will be together on one feed that you can subscribe to. It's not yet on iTunes, but you can certainly go to podcast.com and subscribe to it there. Uh, and it has all our episodes. Uh, really cool episode saying goodbye to the Star Wars Expanded Universe. I'm crying on that one. And the nerd off, Freddy versus Cliff Huxtable. I don't, I don't, oh man. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, oh. Um, just a, a heads up on that one. Uh -oh. That was, that was before all the craziness with, oh, okay. with Bill Cosby came out. However, I will say that on a podcast about a year ago, we were saying how ludicrous it was for, an OBGYN to have women come to his house and go down into his basement, that's his office, <laughs> and be inspected while he has his family upstairs doing homework and such. It just right. always it seemed absurd. So I'm sorry. I didn't do the, uh, yeah, it is a little creepy. It's I didn't creepy. do the screen share correctly, but this is the podcast feed at podcast.com that's set up now. Also, that went live on the 4th, and all of our podcasts will be there, including Tim's commentaries uh, and this is the Geek Initiative page and what it looks like real quickly here are my Walking Dead documents that you see scroll down and here are the uh, some other Q&A's that are mine and Tim's also DC and Marvel movie reports uh, oh another thing Justin and Geek Legacy Gang have an interview with the screenwriter for the latest Godzilla good good stuff there and here's the Indiana Jones stuff and the podcast as well, Tim's commentaries, my Walking Dead, and also uh, the latest Everything Geek, and there'll there'll be a lot more uh, as we go as we go on to it. So, and that's uh, just uh, connectpal.com/slash/thegeekinitiative. Right. That's right. That's the, the Geek Initiative at connectpal.com, and at podcast.com, the link is uh, podcast.com uh, at the you know then slash backslash the uh, hyphen geek hyphen initiative so you can find it there or just search on the page when you get there real easy URL to remember podcast.com so uh, it's not difficult at all so we're very thrilled about it uh, you know we're we're, we're kind of learning with it and we're also kind of uh, seeing what we're going to do with it but we're pretty excited about it and we wanted to talk about it on the show today and there'll be more we'll be uh, announcing it and follow it on Twitter as well is at the geek underscore initiative on Twitter for all the latest news and additions. Uh, I think we'll be adding some more members very, very soon as well. So that means a lot of more great content 
So, um, so guys, we've all seen the movie we got to talk about, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, Tim, why don't you kick it off? What's no, your... I want to hear what Justin thinks. I all need, right, I need <laughs> to hear what Justin thinks. <laughs> okay, you you have the floor, Justin. All right, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta okay. stretch it out. Stretch oh, it out. Oh, Get no. ready. <laughs> Get your cameras ready. Here it comes. No. Uh, okay. So first of all, I will say that I enjoyed the movie. I would give it a a B, solid B. Uh, the only reason why it doesn't get an A is because I didn't like how we had to deal with mind control again. We already saw that in the first one. Um, I feel like there should have been a. It should have ended with a much bigger rift between Tony and um, and Mr. Rogers. If we're going to be going into civil war, I would have rather have seen the fallout happen in this movie as opposed to starting Captain America with some kind of argument. It could have been funner and more more exciting if we would have already had that build up and take it into Captain America 3. Um, also, I do like uh, how Black Widow was portrayed in the movie. I know that there were some concerns over uh, the romantic interest between Hulk and, and her, but I like how it played out. I thought she was a total badass. I like how she just was able to annihilate while wearing a Tron suit. I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, she did, didn't she? And and I thought that Hawkeye was just shined. In every scene that he was in, I thought that he was amazing. And I know that in the last Avengers movie, you know, he was voicing his opinion that he didn't really get to do anything, and he was sad about that. And uh, they just flipped that on its head in this one, and he he stole the show in every scene that he was in. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Tim, you ready to? counter yeah. no, I, no I, I I don't uh, I don't disagree with that at all I would have gone B plus but um and and I'd add that I so I agree I think with everything Justin just said the only thing I'd add and what I really liked about this movie is that it was one of the best renditions of the Hulk like it was what I thought Ang Lee was trying for back with the first Hulk film which was kind of a character study but it just went way wrong and maybe just totally wrong, wrong script wrong actor I don't know but wrong it was Nick, kind of like Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, wrong Nick Nolte. I mean, just everything went wrong. Yeah. But I, I felt like that film he wanted to do kind of a character study. But this one actually accomplishes that. I think partly because of the mechanism of the romantic relationship between, um, you know, Natasha and Bruce. You know, between the Hulk and, and Black Widow, they kind of get to some of the root problems that he he has and the the difficulty of being the Hulk. I. Man, I really like that a lot. Uh, Business-wise, so this movie, there's a lot of fan sort of like malaise over this. But the interesting thing, none of it is reflected in numbers. Like zero. So there is lots of, and I, I just want to, I don't want to go off on a rant here about it, but it's interesting. I've seen multiple stories amongst the fan press about superhero film fatigue. Yeah, and, and referencing numbers from Age of Ultron to prove that point. Sorry, guys, but it's kind of bullshit. You know, if you if you think that's true, then you're not looking at the numbers. The cinema score is an A, so it's generate. It's got a wide audience. It's getting good word of mouth. The initial opening weekend for it, while not as high as it could have been, I wrote a story at, at Fool.com about how. You know, Networked Insights had pegged the open at 240 million, came way short of that. But at 191.3 million, that's a big number. Yeah. It's not as big as 207, which was the first Avengers film, but it's still a big freaking number. 
Um, and the and, and it's and it's 644 million worldwide. Right. It's just a huge number. <laughs> huge number. And this week, yeah, I just posted something of the full bleed about this. This week, it will be box office profitable, which is uh, that's almost unheard of that you go box office profitable in the first two weeks of domestic release. Yes, and in amazing. this case, it's going to be before the second weekend hits. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, that so they're crazy. making money hand over fist. Um, there may be some disappointed fans. And, I, you know, as a fan myself, I can understand that we want to have some arguments about this. But uh, it's not reflected in the wider audience interest. It just isn't. Question. All right. Yeah. Question. Do we th so we've voiced concern over superhero fatigue movies, especially after the big. Uh, Justin froze on us there a little bit. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, you're back. That's okay. I'm back. Keep okay, going, dude. Um, yeah, so we have discussed superhero fatigue already on this show. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mainly that was after DC had their crazy uh, movie slate announcement, and then Marvel did theirs. Yeah. Right. And and we're looking at like. 30 movies over the course of the next five years. So, I mean, we haven't even really started yet when it comes to what the, this marathon that we're in for. Yeah. But um, I, I honestly think that, that Ant-Man might be the first of the sacrificial lambs when it comes to this fatigue. Mm. Like, may, maybe I'll just catch it on video as opposed to going to the theater to see it. You know, that's actually not a bad thought. I think a lot of people might go in that direction. Uh uh, Rod, what did you think of uh, of Avengers? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to be the dissenting opinion. Um, I did not like it. And I, was, <laughs> okay. I, was hes I was hesitant to go, but I went wow. yesterday at the noon showing. And uh, I don't worship Joss Whedon as the king of all geekdom like a lot of geek fans do, but he is a talented director. I have enjoyed a lot of what he's done. But when I sat through it, I'll tell you what my main issue with the film was, and it surprised me, it was James Spader. I did not buy him as Ultron being a menace. To me, um, and maybe because I am a comic book geek as well, but Ultron is an AI. He is cold. He is dispassionate. That's true. He has a logic. It's twisted, but it's a logic. In this movie, it was just James Spader who is a terrific actor, but it was just James Spader being James Spader, and I didn't see him as Ultron, and there was a disconnect there. They gave him too many human affectations, and um, I just didn't see him as a credible villain, so that really kind of diffused any type of tension that the movie should have held as far as him being a credible threat to the Avengers. So I couldn't get past that, and that really surprised me. Um, I've heard a lot of the... Um, controversy about Black Widow. I didn't have the problems that a lot of the fans did that have stated that they've had a problem with her in the film. I think that Scarlett Johansson is fantastic. I've liked the way that they've written Black Widow. I just feel that her romance between her and Bruce Banner was forced. It didn't feel organic to me. Hmm. And I thought about why, and I think that maybe if there had been a Hulk movie in the interim between Avengers and Age of Ultron that kind of maybe showed them uh, coming together and having some type of an attraction, I could have bought that. But in this film, I didn't buy it. Because in the first movie, I'm thinking, okay, he was trying to kill her, and in this movie, they're lovey-dovey. It just didn't jive with me. Um, 
the action sequences were fantastic. Jeremy Renner, like Justin said, I think he was a standout. Every scene that he was in, I enjoyed. I really liked the scenes of domestic tranquility that they had. Um, I think the movie needed that to kind of ground it. And I tell you who else I was impressed with. I was really impressed with Paul Bettany as the vision. I really enjoyed him. And I wish that he had had more screen time. Um, but, you know, you can't argue with the numbers. Like Tim said, of course, it's a big, huge, gigantic hit. I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it at all. I just, <laughs> not at all. I would give it a C minus. Bigger doesn't equal better, and I was sitting there going this. Also, the little quips, Joss Whedon is known for his, you know, his little witty, you know, asides and the little jabs, but the humor fell flat to me, too, and I was shocked at that. I just, the parts that we were supposed to laugh, I didn't. So I think I might be a victim of uh, superhero fatigue, just personally, <laughs> because I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy either. I finally oh. saw that and I didn't care for it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because wow. last, last night, yeah. last night on the Geek Legacy podcast, uh, Randy is basically sharing the same sentiment that you are right now, and we yeah. brought up how you two were the only ones in the world that don't yeah, like only, only two in the world, but I, I can't help. I I can't. I just I thought it was really overhyped. I mean, yeah, I like Rocket Raccoon, I like Groot, they were cute, but, you know, they defeated the bad guy by holding hands at the end. I think, mm. I, it just didn't, it, I didn't enjoy it personally. I hands did enjoy America. Captain America Winter Soldier. Captain America Winter Soldier, I think, was my favorite movie of last year, but my other favorite movies were small independent films. So I, I think I might be one of the number, it does exist, of people who are kind of getting weary of the big bombastic superhero films. So we'll see. But again, you know, Age of Ultron is doing Game Busters. And I'm interested to see what the Russo brothers who directed Winter Soldier, what they'll do with the next two Avengers movies. I think those will be good. Yeah. 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 So sorry guys. <laughs> That's all right, man. I, you know, I, to, to, to follow up on, on your point, Rod and uh, Tony, I want to hear what you think about this because I know we got to talk about TV. Right. But I, you know, the one thing that makes me leery about it. So even though the numbers don't back it up yet, I do kind of wonder that the quality of TV that we're getting in in genre does put some pressure on the genre movie properties. Um, so I kind of thought about this a little bit that, um, you know. Even though I enjoyed Age of Ultron, this week's, this latest episode of The Flash was by far my favorite geek thing that I've seen, including Age of Ultron, um, in the past, I don't know, three, four months at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, that's a that's a tough uh, that's a tough uh, review to follow. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but uh, I, I did like the movie. Uh, I, although I would agree that uh, that Rod's assessment of uh, James Spader uh, is probably accurate. Uh, I think, though, to appeal to a larger audience, mm -hmm. uh, I, I I think uh, I think they had to do it that way. And I agree, not only did Paul Bettany shine as the Vision, but also as Jarvis. Yeah, uh, he was terrific. 
he captures the AI mentality perfectly. Yes. You know, he really does. Uh, and uh, the only thing I could think of is somehow uh, they gave uh, Ultron a little more than they bargained for, maybe. But I don't know. But, yeah, I, I would say that is a small thing. Uh, to appeal to a wider mass, you need a colorful villain, and certainly James Spader fit the bill. Uh, no, There was a little bit of Red Reddington channeling going on with the character, no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, I, I enjoyed it, and the action sequences were good and not overly done. Uh, I thought they were actually higher. They went further um, than the first movie, and who's not to love the hero shot in slow motion at the beginning of the movie? That was just like, I, on DVD, you're going to like put it in slow motion even slower because it was so It's cool. going to be a lot of people's screensavers, definitely. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. So, uh, you know, I... It was. I did enjoy it. Uh, yeah, kudos for Jeremy Renner and getting more certainly humanized the Avengers. It also showed what's at stake when they go out there and what they had the possibility of losing. I was a little leery of the love affair, and as you guys were, you know, said as well. But what I, uh, because Joss Whedon was handling it, I had a high hopes for it, and they handled it beautifully. So I'd say, all in all, I would probably give it a uh, an A minus because uh, I think it delivered. It was a solid movie. It was entertaining. Never seemed to drag. Uh, yeah, there's some kind of repeats from the first movie. It seems like, and I don't know if they want to do this for the third one. Uh, they are, you know, fighting a whole mass of robots or aliens. I don't know if you want to keep doing that because that will get old fast. Uh, and actually, there's also some changes that are coming with the Avengers. We won't talk about what they are, but uh, I think fans will, uh, like I was at the end of the movie, was like, oh. So uh, <laughs> The D-Squad? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was kind of silly, too. I was like, shit, I ain't gonna call the Avengers. I'll call the Ghostbusters before I call this group of ragtags. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, 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 well uh, we don't want to get into specifics to spoil it, but... Uh, but yeah, there is uh, definitely uh, some changes coming with the team itself, and that's all we'll say. Uh, uh, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, yes, and there is, as you always expect, a little uh, Easter egg at the end of the movie. And uh, okay, yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, it, it gives you something to look forward to. Uh, I don't so, even remember it. What was it? Well, it certainly elevates. Oh yeah, the, I know what it is. Yeah, it, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. <laughs> it elevates one of the characters in a in a very in, interesting way. By the way, I did not. I, I I liked that at the end where they mix up the yeah. I I, I like that. I like the way they they closed with the Avengers D Squad. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I refuse to call them the D Squad. I like that. I thought it was cool. You know, I have to agree with Justin. They're the good squad. Considering who they're going up against in the final two Avengers movies, these are the heroes that you're going to rely on. Yeah, we're in big trouble. I don't know how they're going to reconcile that. Well, I don't, I, you know, it's, it's, it is in keeping with the Avengers comic yeah. in uh, that the team uh, always goes through this. So uh, I'm trying That's hard true. not to give it away. Yeah. So 
I mean, they want to keep it that way. Uh, you know, Marvel is running the show. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, and actually, that's a really good point. Uh, Ant-Man might be thrown under the bus as a result of uh, of this. You know, I think maybe it's a, a, a tiny bit of fatigue, but maybe halfway during this whole thing, uh, we'll see. What was interesting was they showed a trailer for Batman versus Superman that got some applause, uh, you know, uh, during Avengers, which was kind of neat. And it looked you know, good I at IMAX. Didn't get that at, at our at our theater where we were. There was no trailer for Batman versus Superman. That surprised me. Yeah, same here. I saw it in IMAX 3D, and guys, it rocked in IMAX 3D. <laughs> really? really? Okay. Me and, my, me and my wife looked at each other, and we just kind of shook our heads. I don't know why. I, I haven't got on board yet. I mean, I love the idea of Ben Affleck as Batman, but whatever, I, anytime I, when I see that trailer, I just, I don't, I can't connect with it. I don't get it. I don't, it's not, it's not speaking to me. Well, I've seen Ben Affleck in his Batman suit, and I don't want to be too negative or critical, but I'm not saying <laughs> either. I'm not. I, I'm. I just can't wrap my head around it. So that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I mean, I like the trailer. Uh, I think it's an interesting way uh, with the the slow pan on the statue. I think that's an interesting way to approach it. Uh, the confrontational scene that we saw briefly between Batman and Superman. Uh, was intriguing to me. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, there's going to be a lot of cameos in this uh, to lead into Justice League. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful. I, I, I'm hopeful. Uh, that's actually something that Avengers did, I thought. They actually uh, were uh, serious, a, a little more serious than the first one was. In some, you know, there were some quips, but... They, they kind of played it heavy-handed a little bit at times. And also, I thought there was a direct dig at a Man of Steel by the fact that they had those scenes where the Avengers are helping out the, the, the folks that are in danger more directly. So um, I thought that was definitely a little dig towards that. But, Tony, I have to say this, and I know we have to move on, but in yeah. defense of Man of Steel, I seem to be in a minority opinion, but I like Man of Steel. And I've, oh heard all of, I've heard all of the different criticisms of it. The bottom line is that there was one Superman fighting a whole bunch of Kryptonians. Shit was going to get torn up. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. It yeah. wasn't as if he could have stopped the movie and said, hey, can you follow me out to the desert, please, so we don't hurt people? They didn't give a crap about humanity. They were going to fight. Stuff was going to get torn up. I didn't have a problem with that. So I think that's such an unfair criticism level toward Man of Steel when you have all these other superhero films with all of this mass destruction, like the first Avengers. And really, to me, I thought it was a little unrealistic in the first Avengers that nobody was killed and Manhattan was leveled. Okay. So I think people are being a little bit too hard on that film. It was a great Superman film, and it was a hit movie. So a lot of people, it resonated with a lot of people, bottom line. In, in all fairness, the Avengers also caused their share of damage, uh, practically destroying a city. I mean, I would say billions of dollars worth of damage. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a little fair. fair. I think I think that's fair, but that's not the problem I have with Man of Steel, though. And we could we could go way down this path. I'll just say, I don't think that's the problem I have with that film. Isn't the destruction? It's that 
I don't when you make uh-huh. Superman Batman, it's tough for me to get behind that character. Okay. You can't you can't have Superman driven by fear. You can have Batman driven by and preying on fear, and that works. But if you have Superman being driven by and preying on fear, that's a problem for me. I can't buy it. Then it, the, the, all of the stuff you expressed, Rob, about Rod, about how you you had a hard time buying some of the concepts in in the Avengers. That's that central premise to Man of Steel. As soon as Superman operates on fear, it falls apart for me. I didn't hate it, but I couldn't get behind it. Just and I still can't. All right. Well, that's a good point. Well, yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. That's and I a good point. That. Yeah, that's definitely. a good point. Uh, I do want to, before we kind of get into more things, uh, uh, on a on a very serious note, uh, a Star Trek family lost another member this week in uh, Grace Lee Whitney uh, passing away, who was Yeoman Rand, and I'm so glad she came back for some of the movies, mm-hmm. and that's where we last saw her, uh, even on Voyager on one episode. So uh, we certainly uh, mourn her passing and uh, yeah. certainly wish her family well. It's uh, uh, another, you know, Star Trek is a family, and unfortunately, they're all getting towards the ages in the in the original cast, where you have to worry about things happening that have been happening. Now losing two members this year, uh, it's it was it's it's uh, tough. It's tough. It's tough. So we pass that on. Yeah, it was really sad news. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's talk television. And Tim, you already started, but uh, Gorilla Grodd on the Flash, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. I, I mean, um, I'm not. I think the Flash is my favorite show on on television right now, and that's a that's a big thing because there's a lot of good stuff on on TV right now, and I haven't been able to catch up with it all. I did not catch. I I have deliberately in my limited time concentrated on Arrow and the Flash and Arrow I, we've talked in previous episodes I still like it I I, I don't you know I, I've seen some of the cracks this season um, hasn't been as great but I think the Flash is just killing it and what they're doing with Grodd um, just a couple things because I, I, I feel like I, I don't want to suck up too much air in the room here I liked it a lot but there's there's two things I, I really like the first is that the CW is profiting by not pretending to be something else, and they're doing it economically. I don't know how. The reported episode cost on The Flash is somewhere between 3 and $4 million an episode, which puts it right in Walking Dead territory, but they're using a lot more, I mean, high production value, strong visual effects, and they're making that happen. That That's impressive. And The Flash, yeah. um, heading into this episode six times, during the season so far, so a little less than a third of the episodes uh, were hitting 4 million viewers or more live plus same day, which is huge. And the CW tends to get a good DVR tailwind. So um, these shows seem to be doing really well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like the way they did. It's not your... It's not your comics, Grodd, in the same way. It's got He's got some of the same abilities, but he's not... You know, like super smart Grodd. That's what makes Grodd so vicious and terrifying in some of the, the Flash comics. This isn't necessarily that. This is a little bit more you know, Grodd is telepath and fear-mongering and does, maybe just doesn't quite know what he can do yet, but it was still 
it was I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Any any thoughts, guys? Uh, yeah, I'm with I'm with Tim on um on the Flash being my favorite show. It's it's one that I I'm really excited for each and every week. Arrow has definitely just I, it's like I can't find its its footing. You know, we we talked about uh, I think the last month's episode where yeah the, the villain the wasn't green. utilized pretty yeah. well and yeah. all over the map and. And oh, I have to do this on my own, and it's like, dude, you guys are a team, and it's the same shit every week, and I'm sick of it, and that's all I have to do it. So uh, I'm just hoping they bounce back in the next season, and and that's what's going to be curious about the uh, Flash is, you know, are they going to hit some sort of sophomore slump, or are they going to just keep delivering? God, I hope they keep delivering because yeah. it's a really really good show. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Tim too. The Flash is my favorite television show on TV right now. And it looks terrific. So it's hard to believe for that budget, Tim, what you just said, those numbers. I, it I looks don't know fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's true, Rod, but those are the reports. And that that shocks me because you have Game of Thrones at $8 million, or reported $8 million this year, which makes sense. Uh, Walking Dead, either $3 million or slightly under because AMC's cheap. So they put the flash at three to four. I just I'm surprised that might yeah. I, that may be wrong. I I don't know if that's right. Well, I know the producers have done an extraordinary job modernizing and translating those comic book characters to the screen for a wider audience, and they're doing a bang up job. You know, Grant Gustin is terrific. The entire cast is terrific. Now, going back to what Justin said about Arrow, Arrow would have been my favorite show of last year. It really has taken a tumble. It has been a giant snooze fest. Yeah. So I'm hoping that maybe next season they can kind of correct the ship a bit. Yeah. yeah, I think the ratings reflected that. I think one Wednesday they dipped to a new low for wow. the season. So, uh, yeah, it's it's reflected that. Uh, as far as Garad, I think he's a work in progress. I mean, the CGI is amazing. For yeah. television, it's a, it's fantastic. Uh, I I would probably say my favorite series is The Walking Dead. The Flash is in my top five, but my second favorite is easily Daredevil. That oh, is yes. an amazing series. It is a, a superhero series with really none of the restrictions that some of the other shows have, and it shows it. Uh, the acting is first rate. The writing is first rate. There's humor. There's seriousness. The villains are have, you know, uh, I mean... Vincent D'Onofrio is just hitting it out of the park. There's so many layers to this guy. It's not just uh, your typical mustache twirling kind of villain. So yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Justin's the only one with a mustache, so he can twirl. It. <laughs> but uh, like a quarter of an inch, if that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I, I do like it. It's a, it's really cool. The casting is great, and yes. uh, all the episodes. And it's also a binge watcher's dream. <laughs> it really is. You can watch them all there. They're all there. You I know, think... Netflix is just firing on all cylinders. So yeah. um, it, it's amazing. But I've heard creators talk about when they work with Netflix, what they like about it is that Netflix is not like a traditional network. And I know no. Tim can talk best about this probably more knowledgeably than I can, but they don't have to worry about ratings. And so when they greenlight a project, they tell the creators, just go for it. Yep, just and go. So the creators and the showrunners, they don't feel like they're hamstrung 
uh, in their order to go all out and put their vision on screen, and it, it's paying off. Daredevil is an amazing show. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys, and uh, it, it, it is something, there, there really is something to be said for this, and I think this is why you're seeing you know, Amazon starting to do this. So originally, they were doing Amazon pilot season. You guys remember that? Yeah. Sure. Like you voted on the show that you wanted and everything. Yes, exactly. And I think they're, they are starting now to follow Netflix and Hulu into ordering series a little bit sooner. And the reason for it, it's a very simple business reason for it. If you want to get an actor on board, you call them up, you call up the agent and say, how would you like your guy to get guaranteed six-month paycheck? Where do I get that? Sign right. me up. Yeah. Uh, instead Absolutely. of trying to do just a pilot and hoping for the best, and I mean, if you're a working actor, then you're just trying to get as many pilots as you can until something catches. Yeah. And so if Netflix comes around and says, we're going to sign you, and you got six months of work guaranteed, um, man, you're going to jump all over that. We haven't gotten to the point yet where Netflix is, or the model is widespread enough where Netflix has the question of what about residuals. They don't have to do that yet because they guarantee so much work up front. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's extremely attractive if, if you're a creator. And I, I agree with you guys. There's, there's so many good mixture of storylines in that Daredevil show that I just hearken back to, and it, it, there were moments where I was like, I wanted to write a thank you love letter to the creators, <laughs> like, finally, <laughs> finally, finally you gave me the one that I wanted, because, you know, after that first movie where I went back and I read all the comics, I'm like, what, what happened? It's all right here. Why didn't they do that? And I feel uh, it's, like... it's called it's called Oscar bait. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, let me ask you, gentlemen, this uh, because I have not been able to find any information on it. But and Tim, you may know Powers, the show that yeah. was that's on. Sure. How was that? Okay, I saw the the pilot and I didn't care for it, so I didn't try to. And I don't have a PlayStation, so I didn't try to. Uh, watch the rest of the episodes, but is that considered a success? Does anybody know? How's, I haven't been able to find any buzz on it. No. And yeah, there hasn't, they haven't released any numbers on it. The last thing, and Justin can speak better to this than I can, but the last numbers on PlayStation sales were huge. Like PS4 yeah. sales have been just ridiculous. Oh, now, yeah. the, what they can't say is whether or not Powers has anything to do with that? I think the answer is probably no, no. because the way That's that they, I'm thinking, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> the way that well, the way and the way they wanted to do it. I mean, they kind of catered to what Brian Michael Bendis wanted, which is like if you had a PlayStation and you had access to the PlayStation Network, you're going to get Powers for free. But if you wanted to watch Powers, you could just go buy it iTunes mm. style, and that's still true. Um, mm. So. You know, it, it's very. The last stuff that I saw, I went to the, you know, the store, the PlayStation Store, and I right. saw like a few, like a thousand ratings or downloads or whatever it was, but it wasn't a lot. So it's it's tough to know whether or not this is a quantifiable success. But compared to what we know about on-demand genre fare, like what the kind of ratings and the kind of views that you know Netflix has got with Daredevil. It's just right. not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. Okay. And I would assume too that PlayStation, if 
this is a big assumption, I know, I don't have any data to back this up, but if it was performing like they wanted, they would have put out a big promotional blitz, and I haven't heard or seen anything. Yeah, I haven't gotten any kind of, I mean, I've, you guys haven't gotten any releases or anything like that, right? Just no, not at all. And and they did it differently too. They they did it where they trickled out episodes. You know, it was yep. every week is right. a new episode. Type oh, of I didn't know that. So they didn't yeah. make all the episodes available at once. Correct. No, they didn't. That's oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But that is that is true. It was like they tried to serialize it, and which is kind of what Hulu was doing uh, for a little while, and Amazon was doing that too. And I don't like that. I mean, I I think yeah. that I I think consumer behavior has just changed. Yep. You know what? Just give me the thing, and I'll watch it in my own time, right? right. Exactly. Right. Yep. Exactly. No, I agree. I, I always, agree. I always think of you know, it's it's my time. And you remember for since we're all old and fast times at Ridgemont High. With, <laughs> hey, speak for yourself <laughs> there. With with Mister with Mister Hand, he's like, you know, I've been thinking about that, Mister Hand. And if you're here and I'm here, isn't that our time? <laughs> and and I, all I think about it's. it's it's my living room. It's my subscription. I want to watch on my own terms. Yes. And, and yes. Netflix knows that, and they yep. they are a worldwide market, and and they are fucking crushing it. Yes. And, exactly. uh, you know we have all these amazing shows. House of Cards season three I didn't really care for, but either way it's a overall it's a great show. Orange is the New Black just kills it every year. I love that show. Now we got Daredevil. We got all this this crazy Marvel yeah. action coming at us, and uh, and Amazon sees that, and they are definitely trying really hard to to please all of their their Prime subscribers. That show, Bosch. Did you guys watch that? No. Did you no. like it? Yeah, it's pretty good, man. I I'm a sucker for that uh, that Titus Welliver guy. I, I like. Yeah, him. yeah. He's like a him. very good actor. I'm glad yeah, to see yeah. that he's getting more acclaim. Yeah, and he's he's a good guy in this too. <laughs> he's a cop, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bad guy. Yeah, that's cool, man. I I want to I want to see that one. I'm I'm putting it on, on on my list. Lately, we've been watching uh, The Americans, which is a fantastic that's, show. It's oh, that's a very good show too. Oh, I love that's that show. I love that show. It's so good. Uh, but Amazon is going for like a different different market. You know, for the studio, Amazon Studios, they're going to be making films between five and twenty-five million dollar production budget. So, like we were talking about Oscar bait, that's what they're doing. They're going to do. It's going to be Amazon going for Oscar bait every freaking year. That's that's what they're going to be doing. Um, hey, Tony, before we move on 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 TV, can I throw one in there? Because I want to get a reaction from you guys. AMC announced earnings this week, Ed. There is. Um, there's some news on Fear the Walking Dead, and I just yeah. I, I want to give you guys a, a sense of this because and and I I'm curious to get your guys' reaction. Yeah. Um, so Fear the Walking Dead is the first. It has a chance, and I know this is going to sound stupid, but hear me out. Yeah, go ahead. This sound. I think Fear the Walking Dead is going to be more important to AMC than The Walking Dead. Here's. Wow. Well, here's why. I, again, I didn't say that sounds smart. That sounds asinine. <laughs> so, but here's why. It's because it's the first show from AMC of a major property or spinoff of a major property where AMC doesn't just control the domestic distri distribution rights. 
They control right. the worldwide distribution rights. Wow. So this is yeah, the first right. one that goes on AMC International. But mm. here's the thing, though. We don't really know anything about Fear the Walking Dead yet, right? So are you guys looking forward to this at all? Or, I mean, I I'm trying to get a sense of whether or not this, like the economics and the way they teed it up could be massive if yeah. anybody wants to see it. So, like, do you guys want to see it? I do. I mean, it's primarily, as I understand it, a prequel, and it's set in Los Angeles, and explains really what happens in the early days of the of the of the Walkers and how they came to be, whether it's a virus or whatever. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I you know they they've cast some pretty good people. I like Cliff Curtis. Elizabeth Rodriguez was just announced this week as we tape this. So there's some good people there, and and some diversity too, which I think is important. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, you know, I, 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 we have not heard anything. I would think at Comic Con we will hear more. Right. Uh, I would think they're going to probably uh, pair the roundtables uh, together uh, for uh, Fear and The Walking Dead, and I expect them also to be at New York Comic Con because they're launching something and they want everybody to see it. I don't know what I, do you guys think. About I Rob? don't watch The Walking Dead, but. That being said, I wouldn't bet against Fear the Walking Dead being a gigantic hit. So I think with AMC, that probably was a smart move for them to secure both the domestic and international rights to it. Yeah. Because I, I'm pretty certain that it's going to be a blockbuster hit. I would be shocked if it is not, considering that you know you have the track record of The Walking Dead and people now are aware of who Robert Kirkman is and the story, and because this is a direct prequel to it, I think it already has a built-in fan base. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that was a smart move on your part. Justin? Uh, true. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I, do, I do think it's interesting. Uh, so... I, okay, so first let me just say that uh, like I'm a subscriber to Hulu. I know not a lot of people are, but I think it's definitely growing, and they are really bringing in some crazy shows. Uh, you know, I was just announced that I started streaming Seinfeld. That's huge. Uh, they're actually going to get uh, – they have exclusive streaming rights for the this new Walking Dead show. Yeah, which, yeah. yeah they do. Um, okay, I didn't know that. They yeah. actually they just uh, went to bed with with Turner, so they're going to be getting all of these crazy, uh, you know, whatever TNT and yep. Cartoon Network, all this other crap. There's, there's TBS, all that stuff's coming to Hulu. So um, I think that that's great for people that don't normally get to watch AMC shows that 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 pay eight dollars a month for all their cable shows with Hulu. I, I think that it's just gonna it's gonna help everybody. And uh, I think that that's a big deal. Hey, I, anytime you give people a choice as to where they were going to get their entertainment, compared to when I was a kid, we had three networks and yeah. PBS. That was it. Yeah, and, yeah uh, absolutely. And, and, and the independent stations. I remember stations, those days, too. <laughs> and the independent yeah. stations that would just show the same movie ad infinitum. So uh, right. Right. This, is, right. uh, this is a great time to live in and be appreciative of that because uh, – it has been worse. So, right. yeah. So, so yeah. Right. So, I mean, Hulu subscribers will now get a chance to watch this Walking Dead show that they would otherwise not be able to see, which I think is a sort of pirating it, obviously. That, that's awesome. I really do believe that's awesome. It, it, it's great. 
Uh, the Star Wars trailer, any initial reactions to that? Amazing. I like the Crash Star Destroyer in the sand. I thought that yeah. was fucking yeah. awesome. I was yeah. like, oh my god, look at that. I know. I, 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 I had a big geek gasm, so yeah. Yeah. I liked I, it too. I, it was, I liked it too. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to this one because <laughs> I, you know what did it for me is I'm hearing like Luke speaking in the background. I don't know why yes. that got me going, but I was like, yes. oh man. It he didn't like, hit you at the very end with uh, Harrison Ford and Chewbacca. I was like, oh man. You're yeah, like, I'm very I was, excited. Yeah, I was just kind of a kid all over again. And the numbers on that, I mean, yeah, I, I have to go back and look exactly, but between the, the, the full teaser and the original teaser, there have now been over 120 million views. Oh, yeah. I think that if any movie can, what is now the, the top movie of all time? Is it still Titanic? Avatar. 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 If any movie can challenge that, I believe it'll be Star Wars. Yeah. I agree with that. And I ran some numbers recently in which, um, if you look at it, the way Disney breaks out its fiscal quarters, it's always ending on September 30th. So Disney, the way Disney kicks off, they always have an animated feature in, in, for Thanksgiving. And then right. so this, so fiscal 2016, just look at this lineup. It's going to start with whatever the animated feature is. In this case, it's going to be the Pixar Good Dinosaur. Then you're going to have Star Wars. Then you're going to have Civil War. Then you're going to have in June Finding Dory. That's going to be the most ridiculous Disney Studios year ever, and it won't and, even be close. And, wow. and 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 ticket admission at Disneyland and Disney World is going to go up, and parking's going to go up. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> totally. Yeah, they should just build a mint. <laughs> yeah. On Disney and just start printing money. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. So, crazy. The mouse strikes back. You know what can yeah. you say? Right. So. So worldwide and top top box office gross, Avatar is sitting at two point seven eight eight billion dollars. Yeah, that's, it's a big, it's a big freaking number, and that's yeah, another yeah. one that came out in December. So it's they're they're going to be going on a comparable basis. Yeah. In terms yeah. of their their runs, I man, I, yeah, I'm with you. I I think it could be, I I think it could beat Avatar. We'll see. I mean they. The, the the most optimistic forecasts are that it becomes the first three billion dollar movie ever. Wow! Wow! wow that would be something. Yeah. That would be something. Uh, well, you know, just to, to kind of catch us up on what's going on with the Sci-Fi Channel, it's uh, some good news and some interesting news. Uh, Helix was canceled after its second season, and I totally agree with that because somehow <laughs> by I mean, somehow by moving it out of the Arctic, uh, sometimes too much change uh, is a bad thing. And by moving it out of the Arctic, the show lost a lot of juice. The island just wasn't gripping enough for me. And uh, the plot lines were falling flat, too much time jumping, and people weren't interested, so they canned it. But if you're going to can a show, and the show is kind of going out there and taking chances... Those are the kind of shows you want to cancel rather than a show that drags on and doesn't show much uh, initiative or imagination. Right. So, and I'm not going to cry for them 
they just signed a deal with Amblin Entertainment to do Brave New World by Huxley uh, as a miniseries on sci-fi. So that's going to be great. Uh, wow. The magicians are going to be starting out uh, soon, which is, I guess you could say that's kind of like a poor man's Harry Potter. But hey, somebody has to kind of fill that vacuum a little bit. And the Expanse looks really interesting. I mean, the zero-G sex in the trailer certainly got a lot of views on that. <laughs> so, um, well, I did read the book, that the first book in the series, and yeah. if they are remotely close to the first book, it's going to be fantastic. Um, Leviathan Waits is the name of the book. The yeah. first, and it's terrific. So if you guys haven't read it, definitely read it. It's very, very good. And then we we have starting up. Uh, so sci-fi is in good hands. They're, they're you know like I said it's good that they're taking chances. Coming up, uh, well we'll start with Gotham. Gotham had a season finale this week, as we tape this. And uh, man, I'll tell you, it was it actually was a very highly rate highly watched show, and mm -hmm. rightly so. It was good. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but. Uh, Justin might be happy about some of the plot points on the show <laughs> that I, happened. I didn't watch it. I'm not. I'm not caught up. I haven't seen the finale yet. I. Uh, I'm not even sure if I was going to watch it. If you're telling me to watch it, then I will. But I've. I told myself that I'm done with it. They. They there had. Is, uh, they had a whole oh, season to get me, and they. And they didn't. And I'm. Just, no, I. I. I'm I liked it. There is a. Uh, there is a major twist with one of the characters. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia is killing it as the ogre. He is really good in that part. Uh, a really depraved kind of guy, and he's fun to watch. And uh, but you know, it's I was talking to my wife about this. We were watching it. The show is nothing without the Penguin. They really depend so much on him. Right. So I think as a result of that, I think you'll see the Riddler took some more steps in the last few episodes and becoming the resembling the character that we know. And there's some also Easter egg uh, hints that have been get out in the press about who's coming up, including I hear uh, Mr. Freeze himself. So, um, you know, it, well, I, I, it definitely deserves a second season because there's a lot of the story to tell. And there's also a major reveal at Wayne Manor at the very end of the episode that had uh, this fanboy very happy. So, um, so they're they're starting on an interesting path here. So I definitely recommend seeing that on the, on demand or on uh, on VOD because it's it's de it's definitely worth seeing. All right. Okay. Well, you know they they spent a ton of money uh, to yeah. market that last episode. So I mean, it better freaking been good because it was everywhere. I mean, they yeah. were. I was just, I mean, like listening to Spotify, looking at, you know, the sites I frequent, and the Gotham ads yeah. were everywhere. So, it, it, I, I'm gonna say, I guarantee a second season, no matter what, because it's Agents of Shield type spending. So, boxes in, and you know what they spent on that. I mean, I don't know. They have never revealed what they spent on that license. But the, the former head of uh, Fox programming, I think it's Kevin Riley, had said at, I think it's the TV critics, like a year ago, that the, the license that they bought from Warner is unrestricted. They can do anything they want in the confines of the Batman universe for that show. So wow. if they did, I mean, they must have spent 
ungodly amounts of money to get that. Yeah. Uh, so there, and there's no way. They, they, there's no way they would cancel it at this. No, point. No, 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 no. I would think not. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what they do with that. Uh, Wayward Pines is going to be premiering uh, the following week on May 14th, I believe. Any interest in that? I mean, it's uh, my wife read the books and she looked. She actually said it's really worth uh, on the books alone. It might be worth watching. Wait, is this the is this the M Night Shyamalan show? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Tony, I will say this. I, I read the first book <laughs> several months ago, and I um, I wasn't impressed with the book, uh, with the twist that was in the book. Uh, but then again, it's very Twin Peaks-like, and a lot of people love Twin Peaks. I'm yeah. not a fan. Yeah. So... Um, but if it's anywhere close to the book, it's going to be interesting to see how people react to the twist. Because it is a big twist in a book that you don't see coming. And I thought it was a little bit far-fetched, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm interested to see. It has a great cast. So. Oh, wonderful cast. I mean, Carla Gugino and, and Terrence Howard's taking a break from running an empire uh, to be on the show. and. I mean, yeah. uh, it's great. He has like the signature line we see in every commercial. And Matt Dillon, I think, who's an underrated actor. You know, a lot of people don't give him the credit that he deserves. I think he's a pretty decent actor, and I think he can pull that role off. Really I well. think he's a good fit for that role. Yeah, that was do a good casting Johnny, call. man. We do it for Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. No one starts a rumble without me. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, that. That's something I think to look forward to. Uh, Guys, we got to talk about the blacklist. I, the blacklist is actually, I think, running May Sweeps episodes. They started in April, but the last few episodes have have had, you know, I've had a lot of WTF moments, but they have just been fucking oh, good, man. man. I know. Really, who, I've got to catch up. I, I love the blacklist, but I've fallen behind on it. So yeah. Oh my god. I think it's amazing how all it took for me to like Tom was a haircut and ditch the Harry Potter glasses, and now he's like my favorite character on the show. I mean, I love Red just as much as the next guy, but I think it's amazing how I spent an entire season and a half hating a character, and now all of a sudden I look forward to every time he's on the screen. Well, Justin, I have one question about that. Sure. Does he does he really love um, Lizzie or not, or is that just a uh, or do we know at this point? I think he does. I think yeah. he really does. Okay. Uh, I think he does. The funny thing was, uh, at Tribeca, I was actually waiting for a red carpet to start, and he actually went up to the concession stand and bought some popcorn or something. And oh, I wow. Know, I know it was him. I was going to go up and say something, but I know it was him because he had his hair was just starting to grow back from the show. So yeah, it was definitely him, but it was cool to see him. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but I, nice. I, I think he does, and... Uh, uh, we, I mentioned it to my wife. We're watching the episode the other night. I said, you know, it's become now that the show cannot exist without Tom Keene. Right. Really, he is necessary to the show. It's really oh, amazing. He, he fucking kills it, man. And so much to the point where anything that he does going forward, like as far as other shows or maybe movies, whatever, I'm just, I'm going to go see him. I, I'm going to support this guy. I like everything that he's doing with this show, and I'm sold. I mean, because... 
I just I can't believe that I hated the man for so long and his character, and now all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, it's Tom, he's on screen, and I just throw my panties <laughs> at the TV. <laughs> That's the mark of a good actor with good writing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, Agent, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, so the season's been put to bed, or is there more? I think there's more. Yeah, I think I, I don't think we're officially done yet, but and I, I'm way behind on on that one. Like I said, I've been like, I am too, oh, too. I've I've been overcommitting to like <laughs> the the CW shows, so I'm I'm revealing my true colors there. But I, I have to say, you know, what I had seen, you know, heading into the the back half of the season looked great, and I'll I'll also say that I thought Agent Carter. Agent Carter for me oh, yeah. actually got me way more Fantastic. interested. It was so yeah. good, and it got me way more interested in Agents of Shield. And it had the Flash not been so freaking amazing, I probably would have been watching Agents of Shield a lot more. So that's not that is I, I that's a good problem for them to have, you know, yeah. that they had a great interim property. There was just one show that I couldn't miss, so now I have this big backlog of shows that I'm going to catch up on, but. Yeah, and they seem to be doing pretty well. I'll say this. This is another one where, you know, and uh, Jeff Loeb has said this in interviews that nobody is going to beat them on production value. And that's, uh, except for Game of Thrones, I think it's the most expensive show on television, which makes it the most expensive show on broadcast television. Disney is using this as, the I, I honestly think they couldn't care less about the ratings. I think all they care about is about how it drives people into and through other Marvel properties. Yep, yep, I agree. It's almost like the uh, it, it's a constant ad for the movies. You know, it's really what it is. Right. Because it's never really been strong in the ratings. It never really has. It's wa- it's 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 wavered a lot, and yeah. it, you know, it had a, a great series premiere. And then ratings declined that whole first season. I haven't checked on the ratings recently, but they haven't been that strong. And they, they got so close where the Flash was going over $4 million. And for a while, their Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., again, I haven't looked at it recently, but they were like in the $5 million range. If that's the CW versus ABC, ABC. that's right. huge. That, that is huge. extraordinary. Yeah, I would say if I were giving awards for best improved network, it would probably be the CW. It's really amazing yeah. what they've done. Yeah. yeah and I will say this. I don't know if any of you watched this show, but um, I watched the first couple of season of seasons of Vampire Diaries, and it was okay before they really got into the teen angsty stuff, and, and then I tapped out. <laughs> but the originals is terrific. Yeah. It is so far superior to the Vampire Diaries in every way. Yeah. And Jeffrey Morgan just tears it up as Klaus Michelson on that show. The entire cast is exceptional, but the writing, the themes, I love that show. And I yes. think it's uh, it's doing well for the CW, but it doesn't nearly get the acclaim that it should. No, I call it, I call it the uh, the Klaus Power Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I'm a big cheerleader for it. Yeah, the originals. People should definitely check it out because if it, it really is – far more sophisticated than the Vampire Diaries. You don't have the teeny bopper, oh, does she love me and all that crap. It, it's really about family, and that's really at the heart of this show. And it's set in New Orleans, perfect setting for it, very yeah. dark, mysterious. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I can't recommend that show highly enough. 
Well, you know, and to add more strength to the, this network, which is really kicking it, is uh, the 100, too. Another great series. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It's just uh, an amazing show, and it only keeps getting better every season. Uh, you know, there's even, uh, you know, a, a, a lesbian storyline that was added. That was just really cool. It was just, they're they're really going out there with it, and uh, I just love it to death. It's a... That is like one of my shows I I love to binge watch and uh, and probably will be doing that quite soon to catch up on everything because it's awesome. Yeah, the CW is the network to watch, I think. It is, and it, it's it's funny that it, I mean I think do you guys agree with this? Like they have three now. They used to have just one, and I think this is this is uh, emblematic of how far they've come. But now right. I think they have three like tentpole properties, and I call them. Supernatural, the yeah, Flash, right, and the originals. Would you guys agree yeah. with that? Uh, I would agree with that. The Vampire Diaries still is a big hit for them, so I yeah, think they it still is. should be considered one of their ten poles. So um, yeah. you make one that one the third though. one. What's yeah, that, Justin. The uh, the main girl in Vampire Diaries. This is her yes. last season, though. She is yeah, leaving. she's leaving the show. Nina yeah. Dobrev or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, it's a, it's a strong network, and uh, it's uh, I think it sounds like though they're they're kind of growing up a little bit, and maybe trying to appeal, maybe go towards a more family drama as opposed to teen angst drama uh, in the past. So the channel's evolving a little bit, and I think uh, it's starting to show, and 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 it's not a bad thing at all. You know, it's yeah. a good thing. You know, there's we're also getting into the period where shows are on the bubble, and um, I make a case for two shows. Uh, first, the following has had probably their best season ever this year. Uh, really well written, really well acted, and Person of Interest is a show that nobody's watching. They should be watching. It's such a clever show to combine, uh, you know, robotics, AI, and also police procedural into one. It's really amazing how they do it. What an incredible cast! I mean, Michael Emerson is just amazing on that show. And so is Jim Caviezel and the supporting cast, too. I can't say enough. Uh, that Those shows are on the bubble. I certainly, those would be two of my votes for shows to return. Do you guys have any shows that you're either aware of or have a show to champion that's on the bubble? No. I only watch the good shit. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Separate the wheat from the shaft calendar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I got I I'm with Justin. That's on the bubble. Um, I can't really, none that comes to mind, the ones that I watch are pretty secure as far as being renewed. Um, I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, it's 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 hard, but I mean, there's yeah. going to be some decisions being made. Um, also, I wouldn't mind seeing Ascension on Sci-Fi come back uh, as well. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much dead, Tony. Yeah, they've decided. I think so because uh, if nothing happened by now, I don't think it's going to. Happen. Oh no, they issued Sci-Fi did issue a statement saying that they were not going to proceed and go forward. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. So no, it just it didn't do in the ratings uh, what they had expected. Yeah. So unfortunately, not. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tim, um, what, what about uh, what about in print comics? What's going on? Well, I mean, the, you have two big, I mean, events. You know, comics are you guys know this. They're they are event driven, but um, yeah. a, couple, a couple things that you know, uh, news wise, 
and and we're right in the thick of it right now. So free comic book day was came just before uh, Star Wars Day. It was yep. just this past weekend. Uh, lots of stuff issued by all the major publishers. Marvel put out Secret Wars Zero, which is a bunch of vignettes. Uh, DC has is in the middle of Convergence, which is interesting and is is partly architected by Jeff King, who is the creator of White Collar. He, mm-hmm. um, old old comic book fan. Um, I, I want, I really want to love what what DC is is doing, but all I'm hearing right now is that because Convergence essentially ended every book and now is bringing back every book in different ways, and there were multiple ways you could get the character you were interested in. So, for example, you could buy the Flash Convergence or you could buy Speed Force Convergence. Mm -hmm. Would you like to buy both? If you didn't want to buy both, you might end up holding off. And so I've talked to some of my local shops and there are a lot of customers like, mm, let me see how this shakes out, and then I'll get back to my regular order, which mm-hmm. is just horrible for retailers. And, of yeah. course, the way the market works is, you know, they have to order, and whatever they order, they're stuck with. You know, that's right. where the back issue yeah, market that's comes the way it from. Works. That's so uh, DC may have dramatically confused the market without intending to do so with an interesting storyline where, you know, different characters, some minor characters get placed in, in time. And so everything from the reason it's called Convergence is because everything from the DC universe ever converges right. in this in this little storyline. So I haven't read a lot of it, and I, I would highly recommend because I know Jeff and Tyler are reviewing it. If you guys want to know more about that, you should check out the Comic Corner uh, podcast. podcast yeah, Yep, they're they're buddies of ours, and they do a really good job. So I am certain they're all up in convergence and have some very strong opinions about it. But um, Secret Wars now, though, is coming back. You know, like bringing back my childhood. <laughs> so, but it's a materially different story um, with Jonathan Hickman writing it. Um, I forget the name of the artist. I do apologize, but that one is another big crossover, and it it creates some stakes in the sense that we don't know like which characters are going to come out the other side after everything converges, comes into Battle World, and then different books come out of that. So, for example, will we have Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man, yeah. or are we going to have Miles Morales as, as Spider-Man? We don't really know that yet, at least as far as I'm, I'm aware. Uh, so that's another big event from the, from the big two. It's interesting. I, you know, I think Looking at it right now, it looks like Marvel was very well prepared for this, and DC wasn't prepared at all, which mm. is which bums me out. Uh, but at the same time, man, there are a lot of really good things happening amongst the indie creators. I mean, Boom yeah. is killing it with kids' comics. The Lumberjanes is a is a. I mean, if you have a daughter, and especially like a preteen daughter, I cannot recommend the Lumberjanes enough. You should pick it up. It's like an easy pickup. Get your young girl reading comics is an easy one. Um, there's great sci-fi comics coming from uh, Image. In fact, the one that just got picked up by Sony, and we talked about it last time, Descender. That one looks like it's doing pretty well from Jeff Lemire. Uh, so, I mean, there's stuff happening. I think you know stores have a lot more choice now. The indie imprints are doing okay, and I, I think that's a good... I think that's a good thing. It's certainly not enough to keep a store afloat, 
Marvel and DC are, are still the, the heavies in town, but it's some of the gravity shifting a little bit, you know, and, and I think that's a good thing. It is a good thing. You actually had uh, an interesting article uh, that you made a case for Jeff Johns kind of running things at DC. Yeah, well, I want to see Jeff Johns be the, I think the DC universe needs a showrunner. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I feel like you need to have, you need to have somebody that is uniting, like, and, and this is not as necessary yet at, at Marvel, um, although they kind of have a twin showrunners. You have Jeff Loeb on the TV side, and you have Kevin Feige at Marvel Studios, but they have a creative committee, and they've always worked that way to have, a, like, an integrated view of what the Marvel Universe can be. DC doesn't really have that. You know, they have different licenses, different properties. I want to see Jeff Johns kind of unite the properties and, uh, you know, sort of figure out what, you know, threads you want to pull on and explore. Um, right now, there, there isn't anything like that, um, partly because of the way the licenses work, because, mm. you know, they can't tell Fox what to do on Gotham. But, man, wouldn't it be nice if there was some sort of Easter eggs and, you know, a little cross-pollination here and there, even if they didn't officially cross over? That would make the whole experience much more interesting, I think, and leave open the possibility of something like a crisis on infinite Earths or whatever. But they, they do not have the business set up to, to make that happen. And the natural guy, because he's already worked in TV, he wrote the Flash pilot, worked for Richard Donner, and he writes comics. Who's more qualified than that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's younger, too, which, is, yeah. which helps. Uh, it was actually something interesting I was reading, I think, in Forbes, the fact that uh, Marvel has Kevin Feige uh, running the movies and that DC really doesn't have anyone. So the filmmakers are kind of autonomous. And even though uh, Batman is going to be in a cameo in Suicide Squad, he's not in the whole film. But it's like you're going to see different visions of the DC universe and maybe not all playing in the same sandbox, which could be a good and bad thing at the same time. For those that want some kind of continuity, it can be a little frustrating, but for something that people that want something fresh every time out of the gate, you might get something like that. The Suicide Squad, by the way, that picture looks awesome, and I think she's going to kill it as Harley Quinn. I think she has the attitude right. It so, looked a lot better than anything that I had expected, to be quite honest. Yeah. yeah. So. What do you think of Jabby? I mean, what do you guys think of the way they're they're depicting uh, Jared Leto as the Joker? How he's looking so far? I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, it's really similar to how people complained about Heath Ledger in the beginning, sure. and um, look how that turned out. And he can't. <laughs> he has to bring his own interpretation to the character, and I I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I don't either. I, I in fact I think it's going to be great. I, I'm 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 very much looking forward to it. But that's an interesting property. I mean, it's, if there yeah. is going to be a property that distinguishes and sets DC, this new DC universe apart in a meaningful way so it doesn't look also ran, mm -hmm. uh, other than making every film like so dark and broody that I just walk out of the theater depressed, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> um, Suicide Squad could be, first of all, it could be super fun and very different 
very different from anything we've seen from Marvel, and that's exciting, I think. Well, you know, Tim, actually, the only DC movie um, that I'm really excited about, and it's still, anything can happen between now when it starts filming, I'm really interested in um, Shazam. Um, and I still refer to the character as Captain Marvel, even though I know there's the trademark thing with uh, yeah. Marvel Comics, but um, I think Casting The Rock as Black Adam was brilliant. Yes. And I think if they do that right, um, that could be a breakout hit for them if they don't screw it up. And uh, I'm excited for that. Now, the others, you know, I I really want to see Wonder Woman. That's the only other property that I'm really curious about. Mm -hmm. Batman versus Superman, I'll just have to see that in the theater. I really don't have any expectation, but Wonder Woman and Shazam, those two properties really have piqued my interest. Very cool. Uh, Justin, how do you weigh in on all this? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I, I hate the Suicide Squad in most cases. With the exception of Jay Olivia's uh, Assault on Arkham, I have like this much interest in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, I I don't know what it is. There's just a bunch of rando criminals that get involved in, you know, they're like the bad news bears of criminals. And uh, I'm just not into it, man. And uh, that picture I thought was kind of neat, but I, I don't like the way that Killer Croc is done. Mm. I, I'm a sucker for the way he looked in the Arkham series of, in the games. Yeah. And, uh, I wish that there was uh, more of a look like that to him, but whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm going into it with an open mind. I, I, as much as I hate the Suicide Squad, I feel like it can only go up. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Honestly, I think I'll, I'll probably enjoy it just because I, I hate those guys so much. I think the comic sucks. And uh, honestly, like if you haven't seen Assault on Arkham, you, you're you doing yourself a disservice because that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, well, yeah, it was good. It, it, it is good. And I'll, I'll tell you, it, it's... It's the one that seems to be moving the best. Like, right. uh, you know, like it, it is, there's excitement around it. It, it looks like it's well organized. It's a, it's a machine, so they're doing good things with it. Whereas Batman versus Superman looks, well, you know, there's been some leaks, and then we don't know who. I mean, right. it, it, it just, it hasn't been a, a very smooth process. And then, of course, Wonder Woman. We're now on our second director, and that yeah. is coming quickly. There is, it's not quite an Ant-Man situation, but it's not exactly unlike an Ant-Man situation either. And that's, <laughs> yes, right. That's depressing because it's very depressing. It's yeah. very depressing because that should be, you know, the property. That's another one where I mean. So again, getting back to like the the Avengers, but only very briefly. Regardless of where you stand on the whole Black Widow situation inside Marvel, the one thing we know is that they've been intractable on making a real serious, you know, female-led superhero film. DC said, we're going to do that, and here's our director. Except that's not our director, here's another director. And they can't seem to figure that out. So, and that is problematic. And and the thing that's cool about Suicide Squad, and this is where this is where I'm gonna give Mr. David Ayer a lot of ire, however you want to say it, a lot of credit, is he's keeping us in the loop. You know, we're seeing yes, these, these 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 production stills, these set photos. We got yep. to see 
we got to see the evolution of Jared Leto getting his haircut to the hair yeah. dyeing to the the reveal and and that's the key and I feel like if Batman v Superman wants to you know win me over they need to start giving me some fucking featurettes and some some legitimate teases as to what I'm getting myself into I hate all this cloak and dagger shit I'm not into it I want a goddamn I want lifestyles of the rich and famous through Wayne Manor and the fucking Batcave and I want I want the Batmobile on top gear I want to see what this fucking thing can do and I'm not interested in surprises at this point I need to I need to be sold on the idea before I am going to invest myself in it. You know, and like see, now- Justin, I, I feel the exact opposite. I really do. <laughs> For instance, like with Star Wars, <laughs> I have on purpose avoided spoilers, uh, features, sneak peeks. I just want to go into the movie and experience it, whatever it will be. And I think that we really do get too much information. This is what this person's going to look like. This. So by the time you get into the theater, you already know what the movie is about, and there are no surprises. And well, I don't, I don't me, want spoilers. I don't want to know what the movie's about. I just want to see sets, and I want to see uh, behind-the-scenes featurettes, and I want to see the talent talking to us <laughs> and telling us about this, the, the, how the movie's working, how it's shaping, how it's taking a life of its own. That's right. what I want to see. And, that, right. and that's what I'm getting with Suicide Squad, and I think it's amazing. Yeah. And, and I just – I have such – the thing is with, with, with uh, David uh, Ayer's, like, resume you know he's got some pretty intense movies i don't know if you saw street kings but that movie was pretty gnarly end of watch i it made yeah. me my stomach i was like on edge the entire movie okay and, and he can he can really deliver fury same way the guy knows how to get under my skin and <laughs> and suicide squad has an opportunity to do that especially since dc's going this whole dark route i think that if any of these movies are going to have that that approach uh suicide squad's one to really knock it out of the park in that regard it sounds like it may be a sleeper hit. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a sleeper hit. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a sleeper either. Yeah. Okay. I think I, it's going to do well. I think yeah. it's going to do very well. I think it's going to do very well because the the, the number of characters in there, uh, of the characters that sell extremely well, weekly, monthly, month to month in, in terms of comics, you know, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn is a huge seller. Has yeah. a huge That's true. Following. That's true. And and the Joker has a huge following just by virtue of the Batman. So sure. these others are, you know, peripheral characters, certainly. Mm-hmm. But we've already been exposed to some version of the Suicide Squad through Arrow. So now we have some sense of, of who that could be. But, you know, it's we, we don't know exactly. And, and Deadshot's going to look very different. But who cares? Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is... This is a. I agree with Justin. This is if there was ever a time for DC to say like we're going dark and this is how it is. Get on board or get out of the way. Suicide Squad is the movie to do that. It yep. is a perfect excuse to do that because it's what you expect. And not only that, but when you're playing with this, uh, you know, um, you're talking about Assault on Arkham, Justin Heath Corson, the writer for that, by our friend Heath Corson. He, he talks about writing villains, and he's right about this. He says, like, the beauty about writing villains is that they can do anything. It's not – they don't have a code. They can right. do anything. They can play however they want. That's and right. so it makes for this crazy train of a ride. <laughs> and if I, – I, I agree. 
that you know David Ayer has, has proven that he's willing to do that. So you have right director, right cast of characters, potentially the right storyline. It could be explosive. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys have really gotten me excited about this film. It was under my radar until, until today. That's what we do, Rod. That's right. <laughs> we, we take your little world, we put it in our hands, we shake it up, and then and we just turn it upside down. down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Consider me turned out on the Suicide Squad. Never thought I'd There you go. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> just speaking of TNT, as we did earlier, uh, I'm actually uh, hoping that they wrap up the last season of Falling Skies pretty well. And, you know, at first I was, like, shocked that they were canceling it, but um, maybe it's not a bad thing to end it now. Uh, and The Last Ship, uh, I just saw a trailer for it. It seems darker this season. So uh, Wow. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to both of those coming back in June. Uh, you know, it's like we're beginning television second season here, right. and all the finales are, you know, by the time we do our next one, all the finales would have been here and come and gone. I mean, we can speak to more as to what show we'd liked uh, that season, but uh, and then the whole process begins again, and uh, then at Comic Con we'll meet them again and and see what the new seasons. Uh, I, I also have to put in a good plug for Grimm this year. They've really done an excellent season this year too. Really have enjoyed this season, uh, you know, uh, with uh, with uh, her going as a hexen beast. It is fantastic. I mean, that is just killing it. If you haven't watched that show, that's a good show to catch up on because it's been uh, really good suspenseful. And then something big happened in uh, the second to last episode I just saw, which was like, uh-oh. So, uh, yeah, they, they've taken away one of Nick's support systems. So we'll see. But if you haven't watched Grimm, and I'm sure you, a lot of people have, uh, it's certainly worth seeing. As they uh, as they finish off their uh, season number four, but uh, yeah, it's I think they're coming back too. I think that's a shoe in to come back next year. Very good. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else you want to chime in on? I don't think so. We didn't think... cover enough. Holy moly, we, <laughs> we did. We did a long one. We covered a bunch. <laughs> we did. That's what we do here on Everything Geek. We kind of go all over the place. Yeah. But, uh, but it's fun. That's what we do. That's what yeah. we do. So, uh, well, so let's wrap it. Uh, once again, Rod, welcome to the Geek Initiative. And folks, uh, don't forget, easiest way to keep track is at geek underscore initiative at Twitter. And also the website is uh, at connectpal.com slash geek initiative. So uh, definitely uh, check out both of those sites, and we're very proud of it. It's going to be evolving. Uh, we're not even in debating it, folks. We're still <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> And there'll be some changes, but, uh, you know, we like it. We, we would like to add more sites, and we will. Uh, there's one site that we're thinking of already, so, uh, and I have one as well. So, Very you know, cool. just it's, keep It's our, actually uh, it's connectpal.com uh, slash the geek initiative. The, uh, thank you, Justin, for that. And I had it written down in front of me, and I messed up on it too. So, how about yeah. that? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yep, there it is. So, so, folks, uh, thanks so much uh, for watching and listening. Uh, our podcast has done really well for this show, and we're really happy about all the downloads, and uh, certainly hope you'll keep tuning in. Um, so for any of you guys want to say bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> All right. Until the next Everything Geek, have a good rest of May. This is Tony Tolado for the guys. Thank you for watching and listening on the uh, Everything Geek episode number 21. You can hear the fire engines behind me in New York. Never a dull moment in the city. All right. Take care, folks. Take care now, folks. Bye-bye.